Investment advisory services offered through Sound Income Strategies, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisory firm. Johnson Wealth and Income Management and Sound Income Strategies, LLC are not associated entities. Johnson Wealth and Income Management is a franchisee of the Retirement Income Store. The Retirement Income Store and Sound Income Strategies, LLC are associated entities. Welcome to the Capitalized Life and Retirement Program with Matthew Johnson, powered by the Retirement Income Store and brought to you by Johnson Wealth and Income Management. Are you living the life you want? Are you prepared for retirement as you believe you should be? What are your goals for retirement and how are you going to reach them? In the next 30 minutes of today's program, let's explore the principles necessary to live the capitalized life and the retirement of your dreams. Now, here's this week's Capitalized Life and Retirement program with your host, Matthew Johnson. And welcome to the Capitalized Life and Retirement Show. I'm your host, Matthew Johnson, president and owner of Johnson Wealth and Income Management. Hope you're having just a fantastic Saturday morning. And I am so pleased to have you here with me. I hope that you're doing really, really well. I hope that you get a lot of value out of each one of our programs. And I know for me, I really appreciate having the opportunity to come into your homes, come into your businesses, coming into your car, your garage, wherever you happen to be, and just spending a few minutes with you to give you some food for thought, maybe a laugh, maybe uh, gosh, I'd, I I hope not a cry, but <laughs> maybe the shows are that bad. Who knows? Either which way, though, I am just pleased to be here with you, and I'm so thankful for you tuning in. So I want to remind each one of you that today's episode is powered by the Retirement Income Store. I know that I talk about them often, and I really am going to continue to do so because I've seen the value and the benefit of the Retirement Income Store and just the myriad of information that they can give to educate and to be able to provide adult education in a simple and plain English platform that's going to be able to teach you the tools that you need to know as you're preparing for retirement. And I hope that you can take the tools that you learn there and the tools that you receive from reading and the tools that you have from this radio show and apply those tools to your life to give you the greatest advantage of a successful retirement. Well, today we're going to entitle today's episode, Prepared Either Way. And I have to tell you that this one here touches home a little bit for me because, you know what? I'm a prepper. I'm the kind of guy, and you know who you are, and it's not just men, it's also women as we're about to find out. You know who you are. You're the person that wants to prepare for the absolute worst, right? You can't go on vacation unless you've got an extra hundred pounds of tools with you shoved in every nook and cranny. I remember a couple of years ago, I was walking down one of the long hallways of an airport and I'm thinking, holy buckets, why is my backpack so freaking heavy? And then I realized, well, I guess it's because I've got water, it's because I've got all the powering tools and batteries for all of my equipment, I've got cliff bars, I've got food, I've got literally everything in that backpack. It's no wonder that it was so freaking heavy. But the reality is, is that that's not necessarily a wrong thing. So you might be the tool guy, you might be the survival guy or gal. You know what? It wasn't long ago. My mom was that kind of person. 
there's a reason that women carry such big purses. But there's also this thing in life called the Parkinson's theory. And the Parkinson's theory is that the bigger the bag, the more you're going to put in it, right? The longer the time frame that you give a particular project, that's approximately how long it's going to take to get that project done. And that's just human nature. That's just what we do. We have to work at being a minimalist, right? Well, in this case, when it comes to your money, I think that this principle applies just as easily. So we're going to look at three different types of investors. And the first two we're going to touch on because I think that they're kind of comical. I've known many of you, and I know that you're going to fall into one of two camps. There is a likelihood that some of you may fall into the third camp. And that's going to be, I would say, we're going to hold that one off until the second half of the program. But the first one is going to be the expecting the worst investor. And you know what? You know exactly who you are. Let's admit it. The expecting the worst investor is very easy to spot. That's the type of person that's going to have all cash on hand, right? They're going to have a tremendous degree of cash on hand because they really don't trust the banks. They really don't trust having cash in entities. In other words, brokerage accounts. They're just not the type that wants to not have their cash close to home. They're going to have a high degree of different various types of investments. They're going to have CDs. Now, granted, they really don't trust banks, but if push comes to shove, maybe they don't trust having all their cash at home because, well, after all, they're expecting the worst. And so they're thinking, well, you know, I can only put so much in my gun safe. I can only put so much under the mattress. And what if the house burns down, right? So they will have a propensity to have a high degree of cash sitting in checking, in savings, and in CDs. Because remember, they're a prudent investor. They're trying to get all that interest off from those CDs because after all, those CDs are paying so well. They're also going to tend to gravitate towards precious metals investing. Now, precious metals... They're going to have silver on hand. They're going to have gold on hand. They're going to have coinage. That's going to be just kind of their natural MO. And while we're on the topic of precious metals, they're probably going to have a lot of ammunition as well. Just this style and type of person. There's nothing necessarily wrong with that. But the reality is, is that they're rarely going to be taking on a chance of any sort. They're rarely going to be taking any risk with their money. They feel that they've worked too hard. They feel as though there is too much of an opportunity for something to go wrong. And that could be politically, that could be environmentally, that could be with family, with local municipalities. Typically, these folks are very, very, very conservative in their own mind, and they're not big risk takers. They will typically tend to gravitate towards things that are hard and tangible. Maybe they have real estate. They're okay with real estate because they know that their name is on it. They're not really necessarily concerned with eminent domain, although some of them are, but they're just going to be the type that believes in cash or real estate, and that's pretty much it. So if you're thinking, yeah, that makes sense, or you have questions about our discussion today, I'd like you to reach out to me at 866-290-3837. 
My team will put together some educational materials that I know will be of value and we'll email them to you or we'll throw them in the mail to you if you prefer. If you have questions, we will answer them. So take the first step. Reach out at 866-290-3837. That's 866-290-3837. Number two, what is number two type of investor? Well, we're going to look at the polar opposite of number one. Number two is going to be the perpetual optimist, right? Now, for some of you, you are perpetual optimists, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with being an optimist. Being an optimist, hey, listen, being optimistic in life is fantastic. It is one of the joys of living in this country that is so full of so much opportunity. Maybe you came from a background where you had a maybe a less fortunate upbringing and you've realized you are so very blessed to live in this wonderful country of ours. And so you look around and all you see is opportunity. What's interesting about the perpetual optimist is how the perpetual optimist invests his or her money. It is typically gravitated towards all stocks and all stock mutual funds. They're typically going to dabble in all sorts of thinly traded types of investments. They're going to feel okay taking big risks, even though they know there's big risk because their mindset says no risk, no reward. Either go big or go home, right? So they're going to be very, very optimistic. They're going to take advantage and they're going to gamble because after all, it's typically the gambler that wins. At the end of the day in their mind, they feel, you know what? Things are going to work out. It's, it's going to be okay. And so they're going to have a very, very aggressive type of allocation. Number two, they're going to have very little cash. Very little cash within the perpetual optimist because they believe, hey, if I have cash, cash isn't working for me. They're just basically going to be using every red cent that they possibly can to be in so many different types of risk on type investments. And they want to be able to make certain that as much of the resource as is possible is invested. They're going to have debt. Most of the perpetual optimists, and certainly not all, but most, the ones that I've known anyway, they were big believers in debt. Why? Because they naturally presume upon the future. They take risks even into retirement. If they feel as though they want to buy that lake home, if they feel as though they want to go ahead and splurge because it's going to be okay, things are going to work out in the very end, they're going to be further ahead if they take this debt on today and they will go ahead and just, you know, see how things turn out. Well, with a perpetual optimist, they're really going to be taking risks into retirement without much consideration as to the fact that they're in retirement, the fact that they're in the distribution phase of their life. And remember, as I have taught before, there's two different phases of life that we go through. And of course, this is not all-encompassing, but when it comes to our money, we are in the accumulation phase of our life, and then we retire and we go into the distribution stage of our life. And what's interesting is most of the perpetual optimists act as though they're still in the accumulation stage, even when they're in the distribution stage. What is very, very interesting is that the number one guy, the expecting the worst investor, 
guy or gal. They're going to be acting as though they're in the distribution stage, being ultra safe, even when they're in the accumulation stage. And you know what? There is advantages to doing both of those. But I find personally as a fiduciary, as a financial advisor working with those types, I would say dissatisfaction, there is more disruption, there is more disadvantage of being in the wrong stage of life using the wrong types of investments that are not aligned for the stage of life that you're in than there isn't. Maybe that came across clear, maybe it didn't. But the reality is, is that when we're in the accumulation stage, we need to be very, very intentional. Very intentional indeed to be able to take risks, to be able to dollar cost average, to be able to invest in things that are going to have growth opportunities and yes, take on more risk. When we're in the distribution stage of our life though, we need to be more cautious, more careful. We need to be more diversified into things that are going to be more conservative, things that are going to be more income oriented. Now, I don't know you and you may not know me, but the reality is, is that every single one of us have our own unique personalities, but there is some principles that I think apply to the rule of investing for retirement that are going to be helpful. And we're going to be looking at the third type of investor, which I hope to try to convince you is definitely going to be more to your advantage if you can begin to modify and change the way that you think and your investment behavior. And I encourage all of you as listeners, if you have questions, please go to our website, www.johnson, J-O-H-N-S-O-N, W-I-M stands for Wealth Income Management, dot com, and post your question to us. Reach out to us. Let us know what kind of topics you'd like to hear us discuss on each episode every Saturday morning. You're going to want to stick around because I want you to be able to see the character qualities of the third type of investor, the one that I personally have found to be the most successful in their quest for success in retirement. Stick around. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Capitalized Life and Retirement Program with Matthew Johnson, powered by the Retirement Income Store. The road to retirement is filled with twists and turns, and life's unexpected detours could easily throw you off course. That's why it's essential to work with a financial advisor who is also a fiduciary, a fiduciary experienced in helping clients navigate the complexities of retirement planning while helping you pay yourself first. The road to retirement now made simple. To learn more about the Retirement Income Store, call your local retirement income specialist, Matthew Johnson of Johnson Wealth and Income Management at 866-290-3837. That's 866-290-3837. The Retirement Income Store, where retirees go for income. Have you missed any of today's program? No problem. You can hear all of our shows online anytime, 24-7 at johnsonwim.com. That's johnsonwim.com. Time now for more of the Capitalized Life and Retirement Program with Matthew Johnson, powered by the Retirement Income Store. And welcome back to the Capitalized Life and Retirement Show. I'm your host, Matthew Johnson, president and owner of Johnson Wealth and Income Management. 
I want to say thank you so much for coming and tuning in. We're talking today with regards to being prepared either way, right? We've got so many things in life that we know are very good things that are likely to come into our life. We also know that there's, especially in today's era, especially in 2020, holy smokes, talk about being blindsided, just having a crisis around every single corner, it seems like. And if there's not a crisis, well, the media can always come up with one, right? They can always conjure up some sort of a crisis for us to pay attention to. And the reality is, is that I have found that there's at least three different types of investors. The type of investor that is always expecting the worst, right? This is the type of person who is rarely a risk taker. They play it very close to the vest. They have a lot of cash on hand, CDs, precious metals. They have all sorts of very ultra-safe, ultra-conservative type of investments, maybe even a high degree of annuities. If they're the principally safe type, they're going to focus on hard, tangible assets. Could be real estate, could be collectibles. It's really hard to say because it can be very, very diverse with a person who is expecting the worst. But the reality is, is that they're kind of like cash hoarders. And the problem with that is that when you are so conservative, you're so expecting the very worst around every corner, you miss out on opportunities. And for some of you, you're losing to inflation. When you think about it, pre-tax money, money that's in IRAs, 401ks, that sort of thing, you're dealing with inflation that occurs literally every single year. And what is inflation doing? It's chipping away at your buying power. I met a man back in 2018 who for over 30 years had worked for an employer and he had a 401k and he had put 100% of his money into the stable value fund. Now, the stable value fund within a 401k is the arguably the safest thing that you can put your money into when you're participating in a 401k. And the problem is, is that the 401k probably at the height of the heyday, when interest rates were really, really high, that stable value fund probably only made him about 5%. But a vast majority of the years that he was in the stable value fund, he was probably only making about two, who knows, like back in 2018, he was only making about two, maybe one and a half, one and three quarters percent. And what was the pity about that? The pity was the fact that he had worked for 30 years for this employer, so nervous, so scared of the stock market, even though he was in the accumulation phase of his life, that his 401k wasn't worth as much as it could have been. It could have been worth, who knows, four, maybe five times the value by the time that he got to retirement as it was because he had played it too ultra safe. Then we had number two. Right. Number two is the person who they're the big risk taker, right? They're the optimist, the perpetual optimist. No matter what happens, it's going to be okay. We're just going to invest. We're going to cross our fingers and toes, hold our breath. It'll all work out. Right. And you know what? There's a lot of truth to that. I'm an optimistic person, but in, in reality, there's so many of those optimists who change stages. They come into retirement 
and they don't really consider making a change and aligning their investment strategies with the stage of life that they were now in. And as a result, what happens when something big and drastic and something very ominous does occur, then they really get hurt as a result. No one's paying attention for them. They're not paying attention. They're just saying, okay, sirrah, sirrah, whatever happens, happens. And the reality is, even though optimism is a wonderful character quality, we have to make certain that we're involving reasoning. We're involving logic. We're listening to the voice of reason that says, there is a reason why as you get older, as you get closer to retirement, that you assess how your money is invested. Now, if I can, I'd like to take a few moments to explore number three. And you know, as a fiduciary, as a financial advisor of over 23 years, I have found that the prudent investor, this is number three, the prudent investor seems to be the most successful. And what is the prudent investor? Now, every person can put their own definition to this. The expecting the worst investor could say, hey, I'm prudent. The optimist could say, hey, I'm more prudent. But the prudent investor in my mind, the person who I feel is the most even keeled, the most balanced, is going to be the prudent investor who, number one, is very diversified. What does this look like? Well, to me, this is the person that has plenty of money that is in real estate. Now, they don't necessarily have to have rentals or anything of that nature, but this is the person that has focused on using his or her money to be able to invest in real estate that they know is going to likely appreciate. And if it doesn't appreciate, if it's not like an investment type of real estate, it's going to be real estate that is providing a steady passive income. They don't want to be relegated to just having all of their money, all of their income coming, say, from Social Security. They're going to make certain that they have other diversifications of income. So they're going to be very diversified in their money by having real estate that's either investment real estate for capital growth, or it's going to be providing a passive income through that real estate. If you have questions about today's discussion, I'm going to encourage you to reach out to me. Call our office at 866-290-3837. If you have questions, we will do our best to answer them for you. Take the first step. Reach out at 866-290-3837. Again, that's 866-290-3837. Number two, they're going to have cash. And cash is going to be coming in two forms. They're going to have cash that is insured. This is going to be cash that is FDIC insured. It's going to be backed by the federal government. It's going to be backed by contract. That could be, say, sitting in CDs. It could be sitting in government bonds. It could be sitting in T-bills. It could be sitting in annuity contracts, things that have some degree of contractual guarantee. So insured and non-insured cash. And they're going to have that cash. And they're going to use the cash because, number one, the cash is close to home. So if they have an emergency, they have it. Number two, they're going to be looking for opportunities when they are presented. And they're going to have the cash to be able to deploy it. You see, the perpetual optimist is going to be the guy or the gal that has everything invested. As a result, they don't have the opportunity to really invest when opportunity presents itself because they're already fully allocated all of the time. 
the prudent investor in my mind is going to have cash not only for the emergencies, but also for investment opportunities. They're going to have money in fixed income. And what's interesting is fixed income comes in the form of, say, real fixed income investments, not those pseudo fixed income like bond funds or fixed income funds, but they're going to individually own bonds. They're going to individually own preferreds. They're individually owning business development companies and real estate investment trusts and things of that nature, things that are going to be non-insured, but that are going to be more contractual. Things that are going to provide anywhere between, say, 3 to 7% pretty steadily year after year after year, interest and dividend paying type things. Now, since we brought up the word dividends, one of the other character qualities that I see of a prudent investor, the person who is very even keeled, that has been very thoughtful about how their portfolio of money that they have saved for retirement is going to be allocated, is they're likely to have value stocks. Now, value stocks, what is a value stock? Well, a value stock is a very interesting animal. It is a stock of a company that has been somehow depressed or beaten down because of environment or because of some miscellaneous thing that has occurred to the company. Could be that maybe Maybe they didn't get the FDA approval that they thought they were going to get. Maybe it's because of COVID-19. COVID-19 has taken them to the woodshed, as it were. And a value stock still has good fundamentals. They have good financials. They pay a good dividend typically. But because the price is down, the prudent investor is going to invest in those value stocks after a good amount of fiduciary responsibility in being prudent and looking into the financials of the company, making certain that their dividend is not likely to be cut, making certain that they have the financials that show stability with the individual company. And here's the point. If you can buy a value stock after good diligent research, as that company, say, recovers in stock price, if you bought it at a discount, Well, what that means is that that recovery is capital appreciation to you. And then last but not least, they're going to have, to some degree, growth stock. Maybe they're going to have some growth stock, but they're not going to have a lot. You see, they're going to be very, very cognizant to the stage of life that they're in. And as they get closer and closer and closer, and they finally transition into the distribution stage of their life, they're going to have very little. I see some that have none. I see some that have 5, 10, maybe 15%, typically no more than about 20 to 25% of their money sitting in growth stock. Why? Because they want to make certain that if something does happen that is more on the negative side, they have another major sell-off, they have an election that goes the wrong direction, they have instability economically within the country or because of interest rates fluctuating and the effect that it has upon the stock market. They know that they don't have all of their eggs sitting in one basket. And that brings up a point. When you work with a fiduciary, you're dealing with someone who is responsible for doing for you what is in your best interest. And you know what's interesting about working with a fiduciary versus, say, a salesman or a stockbroker? The reality is this, that they are responsible for following the prudent man rule. And isn't that interesting? It's the same wording. 
the prudent man rule, meaning they don't have too much of their money in any one particular investment or one particular thing. So as you think about how you have invested your money, where you are, what stage of life you're in, I encourage you to really consider and think about what type of investor are you? Are you the number one expecting the absolute worst where you're missing out on opportunities? Number two, the perpetual optimist where you're taking on too much risk. Or are you number three, the prudent investor that is well diversified? If you do not know, I encourage you schedule 15 minutes with me. And I will help you determine potentially where you are and what could be done to make you maybe a little bit in more in the middle where your teeter-totter is more balanced and where you become more of the prudent investor. Reach out to me at 866-290-3837. 866-290-3837. That's 866-290-3837. Thanks so much for listening. And remember, it's up to you to make today a great day. That's all the time we have for today. To schedule 15 minutes with Matthew off the air, call 866-290-3837. That's 866-290-3837. And for more information, visit us online at johnsonwim.com. That's johnsonwim.com. We will be back again next week at this same time for another Capitalized Life and Retirement Program with Matthew Johnson.